It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Right, it is hump day, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And to some of you out there, I know I owe you some emails. I've uh, had a jam-packed day yesterday, but I will be getting to that by the end of the week. I love hearing from you. Hey, every day that you are awake is a jam-packed day for you. I've been watching this hurricane for, what, three years now? Almost three years now? Uh, you don't have down days. Well, I uh, yes, yesterday was extremely jam-packed, so we'll, we'll be getting back to you on all that. Yes, there is a lot to do, Steve. That is for sure. And uh, thank you to each of you for listening. I so value you, treasure you. Uh, today, strive for excellence, live with intention, take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. And thank you to this great team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve and Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, and the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I'm super grateful for all of that. Um, go to my website. As many of you know, we uh, I self-fund all that I'm doing, which is great because that means I have full editorial control uh, regarding guests and as well as subject matter. Uh, but I can't do this alone and would love to have you help us out with that. So feel free to, to go over there. Uh, any little bit would help. Uh, we greatly appreciate that as well. This show is brought to you today by the Harris family. And it is a really great show. They uh, what Two years ago, they sponsored Ben Martin and we went through the Federalist Papers. Last year, uh, they sponsored the important speeches and documents of America's founding. This year, we're going to go through the history of the Revolutionary War. And I went through a class. I attended a class that Ben Martin, a patriotic historian, uh, Army Ra- former Army Ranger, as well as a West Point grad. He has this love of our history. And I went through a class where he just brought these stories alive. And I am so excited that we will be bringing these to you once a month. Uh, on the show as well. And I think it's good for us to step back with all of the stuff that's going on and learn from our history. And uh, so I think that this will be just very rich, Steve. Yeah, I just wish we had more time sometimes because, you know, we've said many times the package that uh, Patty sends us is we'd need three hours to get through on any given day. And uh, we with with the way the shows get put together and planned out, we, we just can't really dive into something. And I've got three or four things here. Again, we could spend a half hour on each one. I know. And we'll get to some of those headlines here in just a moment. Uh, as you all know, I brought America's Veterans Stories over to KLZ 560 and KLZ 100.7 FM at the beginning of the year. And it broadcasts on Sunday afternoons from 3 to 4 p.m. This weekend is uh, Marine Iwo Jima veteran, World War II veteran, Don Whipple, this is part two. And Steve Rich is, I mean, 
don't these t- uh, stories just touch your heart? Well, with him, and he, I guess he, he started down this road a little bit last week, and then, as always, we run out of time. Uh, I'm sure he'll pick up on it again. The, the amazing thing, well, it's all amazing, but not only did he go and serve in the you know, Pacific Theater, but then turned around after he got out of the service and went back as a missionary to some, not the same countries, but just Southeast be in, Asia. Yeah, yeah, in that region, and then going toe to toe with the communists at the same time. I know. It's fascinating. So you be sure and check that out this Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. My friends, as we're talking with people, we look at these issues freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to use force to implement it. I think it would be nice if uh, Congress, uh, the House of Representatives, the Senate, of course, right down here at the Colorado State House, as well as uh, Biden and Harris and all of them, I, it would be great if they tried to implement things in the battle of ideas, but we see a lot of force going on right now. And if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And socialism ultimately comes down to force. And it's not a utopia. I think a lot of people think that socialism is all about free stuff. It's not. Uh, the free stuff is the carrot to get people to vote for socialism. Uh, but socialism ultimately comes down to force. And uh, so we need to understand that and then engage in the battle of ideas, which is what we do every day here, to help you get your brain around these issues so that you can talk with your friends and your family and your colleagues about these important Issues. Our quote for today is one that, Steve, you found this and you felt this was very appropriate. And I thought, okay, we're going to go with that. And uh, it's from Dwight Ike Eisenhower. He was an American politician and a soldier who served as the 34th president of the United States from 1953 to 1961. During World War II, he became a five-star general in the Army and served as supreme commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force in Europe. He was born in 1890, and he died in 1969. And this is what he said. If a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. Steve, that... uh, spoke to you, right? In the thing that I sent you, did did it actually have a date of that quote? Because I'm thinking how Ooh. he nailed down what's happening Let me see quick like. in 2020 and 2021. And again, I'm pointing a finger at the, you know, the leftist, the leftist Dems, because they're, they're out to seize power. They're, they have no ideas. They've proven that now in the last four years. They had four years to put a candidate in there who actually had ideas to help you know, rectify some of the problems, to help people, you know, just live the American way of life. And they come up empty handed and they bring us what they brought us here by very, I don't know, shaky means uh, without going into a whole lot of detail. So what he describes in that quote is, is like, how did you know, Dwight? Okay. Yeah, there is a date on this. It was March 6th, 1956. And it says this was how President Eisenhower was describing, at that time, today's Democrat Party. So, my friends, this didn't just happen. Uh, and let's see. I think I was talking with Patty about this yesterday. Is or, No, I, was, I think, well, Patty and somebody else as well on two different occasions. Is that 
we, conservative, what conservative means is conserving the American idea. And what is the American idea? It's embodied in the Declaration of Independence. And that is that all men are created equal with these rights given by God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I, what nobler cause can there be out there uh, than that? And so conservative means to conserve those th- that vision, which is a very lofty goal. And we as conservatives have just wanted to live our lives, have government be smaller, stay out of our lives, take care of our families, go to our jobs. And we hadn't really realized what's been percolating. Well, Eisenhower talked about it 63 years ago, but it really goes back to, for sure, to Woodrow Wilson, which is a little over 100 years ago. And uh, for good manners, basically where they say don't talk about politics and religion in polite company, okay, so conservatives didn't. And then what happened is, is the leftists were actually taking over public policy because they were talking about politics and they were talking about how they wanted to get rid of religion. And uh, now all of a sudden, uh, Donald Trump, his presidency, the veil is off on all of this. And we now know what where we're at. And that is why engaging in this battle of ideas is so important, understanding our history. That's why we'll be talking with Ben Martin here in just a moment. I have been going through some of the um, uh, accomplishments of the Trump administration and uh, hadn't done that the last few days. And I thought, you know, I think it's important that we remember this. And this was, uh, the headline is, Achieved a Record-Setting Economic Comeback by Rejecting Blanket Lockdowns. An October 2020 Gallup survey found 56% of Americans said they were better off during a pandemic than four years ago. Number two, it says during the third quarter of 2020, the economy grew at a rate of 33.1%, the most rapid GDP growth ever recorded. And then third, it says since coronavirus lockdowns ended, the economy had added, has added back over 12 million jobs, more than half the jobs lost. But now that uh, Joe Biden is in the uh, um, presidential office, uh, it's not even, it's been eight days, and uh, thousands of jobs have been lost with the uh, shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline. We look at uh, his um, saying there's not going to be any oil and gas drilling on public lands. Whoops, there goes some jobs there. He's Mr. Non-Job Creator. And his callous comment was, oh, well, you can find a job somewhere else, you know, to those guys and, you know, men and women who, who are going to be impacted on both sides of the border. You can find another job. Yeah. How, how does that happen when you have somebody in there that's doing things to contract the economy? And before we get over here to, we had a number of, I uh, don't know which way to go for sure. I think we better very quickly highlight this H.R. 1, House Resolution 1. And uh, that is being proposed at uh, down at uh, oh, at the Capitol, and uh, what it would do <clears throat> if it's enacted, and this is and not the Capitol here, the in one in Washington D.C. If uh, House Resolution One is enacted, they won't need any excuse in 2022 uh, because the states will have no choice but to implement policies such as legalized ballot harvesting, early voting and universal mail-in voting, as well as repeal of voter ID laws, signature matching laws, and other ballot security measures. Steve, they should be embarrassed that they are proposing something like this. It says, um, 
H.R. 1 would allow ballot harvesting on steroids. Voters would, for the first time, have the ability to print out their ballots at home, creating a gaping security hole that could easily be exploited by either domestic or foreign interests. The legislation also allows third parties uh, to collect ballots from an unlimited number of absentee voters and submit them through ballot drop boxes, dramatically increasing the risk that vulnerable Americans could be bullied, bribed, or blackmailed for their votes without the protection of election workers. And we had John Eastman on yesterday, who is uh, uh, one of Trump's uh, attorneys, and he went through and said he has proof that there was election fraud. And uh, so what they're trying to do is codify the right word. They're trying to codify election fraud. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on, but if we don't have fair elections, then we don't really have a country. And uh, the other quick thing is, is uh, very Hippocratic, or let's see, what's the word? Hypocrisy. And that is Jeff Bezos, apparently uh, down, I think it's in Alabama, there's going to be a vote for whether or not Amazon employees there can unionize. And he doesn't want mail-in votes for that, Steve. Gee. <laughs> Hypocrisy, that's the word I was going uh, it, for. It yeah. takes your breath away. I, I'm speechless. I know. Uh, we're going to go to break, though. Let's get into learning about our our American history. Before we do that, though, Castlegate Knife and Tool is is a uh, is is a great partner of mine, and uh, you can uh, check them out at Castlegate.com. They're located right here in Sedalia, Colorado, and um, they they have knives from all of the best blade makers from throughout the world. So whether or not you're a chef. A sportsman or a collector, Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. Be sure and check that out at castlegate.com. And when we come back, right before we get to um, Ben Martin, we're going to be talking with Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group. Karen Levine has over 30 years in the real estate industry. The reaction to the COVID-19 Wuhan virus is presenting unprecedented and unpredictable opportunities and challenges in buying or selling your home. That is why you need to work with award-winning realtor Karen Levine. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Karen's expertise will help guide you through this crazy real estate market. Call Karen Levine at 303-877-7516 today. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N. Com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. On the line with me is a valued partner. All my partners are valued. But Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group. He is a specialist in the mortgage arena. He works with a lot of different lenders out there. And interest rates are low, which means there's great opportunity. Lauren Levy, welcome to the show. Lauren, are you there? You yeah, there we go. I'm here. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. Okay, we're one week into the Biden administration. What's What do you see regarding mortgage rates? You know, initially, right away, we saw a slight tick up, if you remember. And, uh, and then lately, there's just been a little bit of a pullback again, almost to the lows. 
just as the market is trying to figure out which direction things are going and, uh, you know, with a little bit of a delay and a stimulus package not coming right out, uh, things have settled back down a little bit. So it hasn't been, a, it's been a whole lot of nothing so far, which has been really nice. Okay. Now, I know the real estate market is super tight right here in the metro area. However, with interest rates low, if you lock in that lower rate, you can get a, a more house for the money. And uh, I, I know a lot of people have done their refinancing already. If you haven't, don't procrastinate. Um, but uh, now's really a good time for people to check that out if they've not made that move or if they're looking for a new home. That's right. And, uh, you know, the, the, the interest rates being so low is one of the things that's led to the tight housing market. But, you know, you'd be amazed, Kim. I still, I just got a call the other day from someone who just had been sitting around for a while and still had a 4.375 interest rate on their current loan and called and said it's just, they've just been busy and they're just now getting around to it. So there's a lot of people out there that still haven't taken advantage of the opportunity yet. And, and uh, you know, they're still out there. So it's nice. Okay. If people have been busy and haven't done anything, how can they reach you so that they can get this taken care of, Lauren? The best way is to call 303-880-8881 or go to www.polyfigroup.com. And again, that number is 303-880-8881. Lauren Levy, thank you so much. You're a valued partner, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thank you so much, Kim. Speak to you soon. Okay, great. And on the line with me is patriotic historian, uh, West Point graduate, and former Army Ranger, Ben Martin, and we are going to be talking about the American Revolutionary War. I am so excited about this. Ben Martin, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Kim. It's happy to be here today. Oh, thank you. And uh, I took a class that you taught uh, on America's founding heritage, and it you just brought it alive. So let's uh, let's get started here. We're going to dedicate these three segments to this, and I, we have a lot of information. So where do you want to start, Ben? Well, good morning, Kim, and, and uh, good morning to the audience out there. And today we begin a new American Founding Heritage Program for 2021, and it's called, as you said before, the American Revolutionary War. As in the past, this new program will feature a different presentation each month from January through December of 2021 about an important aspect of the American War for Independence. We will begin with the precursors to the war and finish with the end of the war and General Washington's final actions to conclude the heroic American effort he called the glorious cause in a most dignified manner so as to set a solid foundation for a building of a great nation. Well, and Ben, one thing I wanted to make sure that people know is this show is being brought to you by the Harris family. And you and I are are both so grateful to to them for doing that. Yeah, we th- thank them so much. So, so Kim, during this year-long uh, journey through this war, we will discuss some of the most critical military campaigns and battles, and importantly, the patriots who fought them for the Americans, as well as the military leaders on the British side. And in doing this, we hope to give the audience a better understanding of what the battles were like, the tactics, the units, the weapons, and most of all, a deeper appreciation for the great courage our founding founders, our founding fathers exhibited, and the enormous sacrifices they made, and the prudence they applied to frame our government, all aimed at the attainment of one great objective, to give us this unique, extraordinary, and wonderful nation we occupy today. 
and call the USA. Before beginning, we must stop and take a moment to appreciate the unprecedented action of our founding fathers in writing at the beginning of the war for independence, the Declaration of Independence. As far as the reading of the annals of recorded history informs us, this has never before happened. And, and Ben, on yeah, that, uh, Dr. Jill Vecchi and I did a podcast last week, which you can find at my website, KimMunson.com, regarding the Declaration of Independence, this vision, and then the usurpations. The, they, they had the good manners to say to King George, this is why we're going to break up with you. That's exactly right. In, in this, this had never happened before in recorded history. A group of people telling their adversary before entering into a war against them, and before, I have to emphasize that, and telling them what the reasons for declaring independence from them, and what is the authority on which their actions are based, and what were the principles, the foundation of this new and independent nation would be built. Not only did they target this declaration of independence to the adversaries, the British, but they also proclaimed it to the peoples of the entire world. And what reasons, authorities, and principles they selected, Kim. Our founders opened their declaration by asserting their reason for independence was their right that it had become necessary to dissolve the political bands connecting them and to assume among the powers of the earth a separate and equal station to which they are entitled and their authority to do so was the laws of nature and nature's God. And in choosing their target audience, they exhibited a genuine respect, as you said, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind that requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. And finally, they listed the timeless and universal principles upon which their new and independent nation would be built, the self-evident truths endowed upon them by their Creator, not their government, but their Creator, and on which they solemnly pledged to base their government. In addition to their solemn pledge, they proclaimed their divine faith in the Creator by citing Him four times in this remarkable declaration. And remarkably, after their highly improbable victory in war for independence, they remain true to these principles. Such a prudent and noble cause of act, course of action, and those, never before followed in the reading of recorded history. Yeah, Kim. And, and those principles uh, we are really seeing under assault today. Uh, the principles again that all men are created equal. What we're seeing uh, regarding potential public policy today is that uh, they're going to be defining people by descriptors, by color of their skin or other descriptors, instead of the content of their character. And uh, that's so antithetical to the foundational vision of our country, Ben. Uh, You're so right. I mean, it's dividing people and canceling people as they, they talk about it today. In, in, in the courage that we took to do this, our founders were mostly well-educated and highly accomplished, Kim, and they possessed status and property, great property, some of them, and besides their, their great prudence in choosing and declaring their independence in such a manner, theirs was an act of tremendous courage and faith, because as British citizens, their declaration 
was considered an act of treason, for which their punishment, besides the loss of their property, would be most ignominious and gruesome. Hanging by the neck until stupefied, disembowelment and burning of the bowels while they were alive, and finally decapitation and quartering of the body. I think that's probably why they put no uh, cruel and unusual punishment in the Constitution, right? (laughs) I think so. Uh, Uh, That could could be. My fellow Americans, we we have been given, we have to say that, we have been given so much by our founders' sacrifices and the sacrifices of those generations that followed them and preceded us. Our nation is now in the crisis like you spoke of, and the great... the republic of self-government, liberty and justice for all, which has been bequeathed to us is our founding heritage, as is in danger of being torn asunder by forces that do not really know nor appreciate its great significance, its great uniqueness and value to us as individuals and as a nation. And Ben, we're going to go to break, but... What you're saying is so important. I don't think that we have actually been teaching our children this. As much money as we spend on education, to not know and understand this is a real travesty. So, Ben Martin, uh, stay on the line. We're going to go to Jason McBride, who I think is president of the Ben Martin Fan Club. (laughs) Hey, Jason. I I don't know about president, but I am part of the fan club. I don't want the responsibilities of president. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Because you're so busy helping all your clients, Jason McBride. I'm doing my best, that's for sure, Kim. <laughs> it's crazy out there, but uh, I know that you really appreciate Ben Martin and, and have heard him speak several different times. I'm so excited, Jason, about going through this, uh, the American Re- Revolutionary War. I think it's going to be a really important series this year. Yeah, it should be very interesting for sure. And what about the futures? What are they doing this morning? Well, the futures on the Mar- on the Dow are down about uh, 260 this morning. I didn't see any specific news to account for that. NASDAQ futures were also down about 113. Now, Microsoft had earnings come out uh, yesterday after the close. They were better than expected, and that stock uh, is up in the pre-market. Uh, We've got uh, Tesla earnings coming out after the close today, Apple, also Facebook, so it'll be a busy night. Uh, Kim, i got to mention, just because it's such a crazy ride, one stock, uh, and that's GameStop. Uh, They operate like stores where kids Mm -hmm. buy video games and swap them out. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there was a huge uh, short position in this stock, and the shorts are just getting squeezed. Uh, literally, this stock was, uh, you know, like three, four bucks a share back in the summer. It had moved up a little bit, and it was around seventeen dollars uh, a couple of weeks ago. Well, the shorts started getting squeezed, and it must have been a huge short because they all had to start covering, and, and literally, that stock has rocketed just in the last couple of weeks from seventeen. Uh, yesterday, it closed at $150 a share, and apparently Elon Musk tweeted something about uh, the stock, and uh, the shorts panicked, and it was trading as high as 350 a share overnight. So, I mean, what a wild ride. 
on on just just because of technical occurrences and i mean nothing fundamental with the earnings or anything just a short position having to be covered and very little stock available apparently wow Ouch. That's all I can say for the short <laughs> position is ouch on that. Jason, uh, if you don't want an ouch in your portfolio, sit down with Jason and do a plan. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, and we don't plan to sell stuff short like that. That's, <laughs> that's not, not a good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. So, Jason, how can people reach you? Uh, easy way, Kim. Just give us a call at 303 694 1600. That's 303 Six nine four sixteen hundred. Okay, Jason, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, have a great show, Kim. Okay, and we'll be right back with uh, Ben Martin. This show's brought to you by the Harris family. Stay tuned. Predovich and Company understands that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has individuals and businesses scratching their heads with a variety of bookkeeping, tax planning, and accounting questions. Predovich and Company knows that you need trusted professionals to help you navigate these choppy waters. Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call Predovich & Company at 303-791-3000 to organize your personal and business finances. Call 303-791-3000 today. Now more than ever, it is important to have independent voices bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing us, our families, our communities, our state, our nation, and our world. The Kim Munson Show is one of those important voices. Kim is a truly independent entrepreneur. She purchases her broadcast time, which gives her total freedom in production of the show and scheduling of guests. If you'd like to support The Kim Munson Show, go to her website, kimmunson.com, and click on the Contribute button under Kim's picture. Kim greatly appreciates your help and support. Welcome back to The Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well and uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter. I guess I'm just so excited to get to Ben Martin here. I can't even say my own name here. Uh, ben Martin, uh, it is so great to have you on the line. We're talking about the American Revolutionary War. You are a patriotic historian, a former Army Ranger, graduated from West Point, And we're talking about the Declaration of Independence and these foundational principles, this idea that that America was founded on. And, and as you mentioned, America is the only country ever, ever that was ever founded on an idea. And a noble idea it is. So, uh, Ben, where do we go from here? Well, Kim, before the break, you were speaking of the importance of education as we were talking about the Declaration of Independence. And, and then we talked about how our nation is being torn asunder by forces that do not really know nor appreciate its great uniqueness and value to us as individuals or as a nation. And, and so I just want to go, I want to build upon that and say, uh, that uh, this is a critical time that we must remember and follow our founders' admonitions to us. That Ben Franklin, for instance, told us after the Constitutional Convention, our framers have given us a self-government of freedom called a republic, if we can keep it. He further advised that only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. And as a nation's become more corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. John Adams warned that our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people, and it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And James Madison, the father of our Constitution, reminded us 
that only a well-instructed people alone can be a permanently free people. And finally, George Washington said to us in his farewell address, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And if we are to keep our nation and government of, by, and for the people, we must know our heritage and the timeless and universal principles upon which it is based, and the framework of our Constitution, and the virtuous examples of magnanimous self-sacrifice our founders gave us. The furtherance of knowledge of our noble and instructive founding heritage is a primary objective of these programs, speaking of education, and the conduct of our founders is a model by which we can follow to become a more virtuous, moral, religious, and well-instructed people, as our founders has instructed, which can save our republic and lead us to the political prosperity George Washington extolled. And that is all our founders and forefathers of later generations asked of us, to guard and preserve our founding heritage and to pass it along to the latest generation who are to be the future guardians of the liberties of our country. So now with that, let us get back to the presentation for today, an overview of the American Revolution. Ben Martin, I, I want to make just a comment here, my friends, sure. is that we have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on education of our children uh, K through 12, as well as higher education, we're seeing kids get out of college that seem to want to plug their ears and not engage in the battle of ideas because we've seen indoctrination and and parents have paid for tuition and um, donors have donated to these colleges. And then, of course, you see all the tax dollars that go for education. And I think that we really need to take a gut check here in America right now. Uh, to determine if uh, if we're getting our money's worth, because quite frankly, I don't think that we are. And one of the, I think, things I'm a bit grateful for regarding the COVID-19 uh, Wuhan virus reaction disruption is that a lot of parents are now seeing uh, with their kids at home what they've been taught. And I think a lot of people are saying, I don't know that it's really worth it for my kids to go to uh, four-year college to get a liberal arts degree. Uh, and I think that's something that I know it's a big upheaval, it's a big disruption, but I think that uh, it's really, it's, it's important that we've had this because I didn't know what was going to stop this whole indoctrination thing in education to almost hating America, Ben Martin. Well, you're right. It's not only that they're getting, not getting a quality education, they're getting an education full of disinformation. That's why we see so many of our younger people pushing for socialism and communism for which, from which they, they know nothing of and they know nothing of the terrors of, the, of those philosophies that they would follow and, and that are being taught in their schools today. That's why this, this show that we're doing is so important. So continue on, Ben Martin. Sure. So thanks, Kim. But, but that's so important what you say. And, and it's so important that, uh, that, that people understand that. And if, and if the children or the younger young generation can't understand that right now. At least the parents should understand it from, from that perspective, that they're wasting their money on doing this unless they find an, an education that can give them a great appreciation 
of our founding heritage. And so that's what we're trying to do here. And, and as you said, well, thank you, and we thank the uh, Harris family for their support. So we'll go to the precursors of the war next. And the precursors, the main precursor of the war of independence for us was the French and Indian War. And, and this war was conducted in North America between 1754 and 1763 and was part of a larger world war called the Seven Years' War, conducted between 1756 and 1763 in other parts of the globe. The main contestants of the French and Indian War were the French forces, which included the French military, the regulars, the French inhabitants of North America, and their Native American allies, against the British forces, which included the British military, the regulars, the American colonists, and their Native American allies. The main point of contention were competing claims for the land of the Ohio Valley, the area the American, we Americans today would eventually call the Northwest Territories or, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Northwest. In, in 1753, the French started building a chain of forts that extended from the southern shore of Lake Erie south to the area of the present-day Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And in October of 1753, the governor of Virginia, a man named Robert Dinwiddle, believe it or not, <laughs> sent an attachment of Virginia militia under the command of a 21-year-old George Washington to deliver a letter to the French commander, which demanded that he, the French commander, immediately remove all French forces from that area, which was also claimed by the British, of which we were citizens in. Washington reached them in December of 1753 and delivered the letter. They were at dinner together. The French commander politely told Washington that he did not feel obliged to obey it, since the French claim to the area was nearly a century older than the British claim. When, rep when Washington reported back to Governor Dinwiddle and told him of the French response in the French fort construction projects in that area, Dinwiddle ordered Washington to go back with a larger force to begin building English forts there. Washington was joined by a band of Mingo Indian warriors in his truck back there. In, in, in what he, they surprised a French scouting party in what became known as the Battle of Jumonville. Washington killed, Washington's forces killed many of the French commanding forces to include their commander. And this was the beginning of the French and Indian War and the resultant world war called the Seven Years' War, which was all started by the now 22-year-old Washington. Okay, Ben, just a question. Was that the battle? Again, what's the name of that battle? It, it's, called, it's, it's French. It's called Jumonville. Okay. And was that the battle where Washington had um, many shots, his horse shot out underneath him? No, no. That was, a, that was another battle in 1755, and it was, uh, it was uh, General Braddock, and that was with the regular British forces that were sent there to destroy Fort Duquesne, which was in the Pittsburgh area. Okay. So, that, yeah, that, that's, another, that's another great uh, great one that we've talked about before on this program. But this one we were talking about, this was a small battle, and it was the actual start of what became a great world war. And it was all started by 
our founding father, George Washington, who was at that time 22 years old. And following that battle, Washington pulled back his forces several miles and built a rather shoddy defensive position in a very poor location, very poor tactical location. He and he called it Fort Necessity, believe it or not. <laughs> and a larger force of French Canadians attacked them on 3 July, forcing young Washington to surrender, the only time in his military career. And both the British and the French forces then sent regular forces to reinforce their efforts in North America. And the war continued from 1755 to 57, uh, and it it went back and forth. And then William Pitt uh, took over command uh, of the the power, of the British power in London, and he significantly increased the British effort in North America, while the French reduced theirs, preferring to concentrate their war efforts against Prussia in Europe. And the British forces went on to capture the Ohio Territory and eventually all of French Canada. And in the, the, the French and Indian War ended as a British-American victory. And in the concluding 1763 Treaty of Paris, the British gained considerable portions of North America. France ceded to them all of the territory east of the Mississippi River, as well as French Louisiana, west of the Mississippi and to its, to its ally that was Spain. And Spain, in turn, ceded Florida to Britain in exchange for Cuba again. And even though the British gained the victory in, in the considerable territory, Canada, they were, and, and all that land uh, east of Mississippi, they were nearly financially collapsing. The high cost of the war had added enormously to British debt. In fact, it had doubled British debt. And Britain had to borrow money to to the hill to finance this war effort. They now had a tremendous debt uh, deficit of 146 million pounds sterling, which was an enormous sum back then. And the annual cost of servicing that debt was 4.7 million pounds. And the annual cost was added to the annual cost of regularly running the government in peacetime, which was approximately 8 million pounds. So they added more than 50% to that that deficit that had to be serviced annually. And the the average British citizen was now paying between one-third to three-fifths of his total income in taxes to foot this bill. And you know that sounds that like creates, deja vu all over again. <laughs> yeah, that creates a lot of problems in the in the French citizen. I mean, in the British citizenry. And so the British thought that the North American colonies should be made to pay for a portion of this bill, especially since much of the money was spent in their defense. And so they began to initiate a series of acts to collect taxes from the colonists and and regulate the the colonist activities. In this. So the area, the era of stat, salutary neglect, which had been there before, that had had now ended. Okay, you know what, uh, Ben Martin, let's go to break, uh, and sure. we'll continue on. Before we do that, though, another great partner of mine is Hooters Restaurants. Uh, they're located right here in the Front Range. They have uh, five locations: Lone Tree, Westminster. 
Aurora, Loveland, and Colorado Springs. And it is Wednesday, which is Wings Day. And uh, you can buy 20 wings and get 10 for free. And they really are delicious. I had them just last week. I picked some up to go. And I had the Texas barbecue rib, and I was it was a hit at the uh, little event that I went to. So go to HootersColorado.com for more information. That's HootersColorado.com. We'll be right back with Ben Martin. Recently, rates in the mortgage market have hit near record lows. Lorne Levy with Polygon Financial notes that the COVID-19 Wuhan virus disruption has created potential opportunities to refinance your mortgage that could save you thousands of dollars. And for those senior listeners who may be looking for another source of income, exploring a reverse mortgage with Lorne Levy may be a solution. With over 17 years in the mortgage industry, Lauren Levy has the experience to answer your questions. Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881 for a mortgage checkup today. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And uh, once a week, we are going to be playing the Battle Hymn of the Republic so that hopefully when uh, we hear people say, uh, always talk about our democracy, democracy, democracy. In fact, in Joe Biden's inauguration speech, he talked about our democracy a lot. Well, we're not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. That is what our founders gave us. And that is why we're going to hear that song at least once a week. thought I'd make that clarification, Ben Martin. I wanted to mention one other thing as we're getting into this. You had said before we went to break. Uh, and also, yeah. Ben Martin's on the line, patriotic historian, uh, a graduate from West Point, as well as a former Army Ranger, and thank you to the Harris family for bringing this show to you. But you said the Brits had gotten themselves into quite a bit of debt with the wars, yeah. and uh, they were looking to the colonists as their their um, money tree. And it kind of reminds me of the Colorado State Legislature, and that they look at small businesses and mid-sized businesses as their money tree. Uh, because of uh, all of the spending that they've been doing. I just wanted to make that point before we continue on with the British acts and the American responses. Well, you're, you're just so right, Kim, and, and we'll talk about that really quickly. That this was because the way that it had been handled before that time, before the British got in all this debt, it was called the salutary neglect that the British showed towards the American colonies. But after that, they started... It started became a series of actions and reactions. The British would try to collect money from the American colonists, and the American colonists would react. And so we had things called the Royal Proclamation of 1763, the Stamp Act of 1764, the Declaratory Acts of 66, the Townsend Acts of 67. And, and then they, the British would repeal these acts as the Americans reacted negatively to them, and so then, but then they would turn around and, and initiate a new tax, and so this kept happening, and it in the in the tensions kept escalating, and the the violence became greater, and this finally ended. You know, it's it got to the the Boston massacre in 1777, in 1770, and the the Boston Tea Party of 73. Then came the con- 
co- um, the coercive or the intolerable acts of 1774. And in April 1775, the shot heard round the world was fired. And in June of 75, the Continental Congress adopted the militia forces that had gathered around Boston as a result of the shot heard round the world, and they made them the Continental Army. And on 16 June, George Washington was named as the commander-in-chief of that army. And, and, and Bid, so, let's stop right yeah. there and tell our listeners about the battle, what happened, where the shot uh, was uh, delivered that heard, was heard around the world. Well, that will be, we'll talk about that in more detail if we can, Kim, and if I can postpone that until sure. next month. that'll be to fine. talk about that and just give everybody an overview of the war to, to end our presentation today. And we could talk about the campaigns, the tactics, and weapons, and heroes of that war in a general sense. And, and, and we, before we talk about all of that, we must first talk, the first part of that we must talk about are the weapons that were used by both armies because of the capabilities of these weapons dictated the tactics that would be used. And the main weapons that we were talking about were these muzzle-loaded, smooth-bore muskets. And because they had smooth bores, they were, very, they were not very accurate, and so they were most effective when used to fire a simultaneous volley from a closely packed formation of many muskets. In the hands of a skilled infantryman, it could deliver three to four shots per minute, but again, they were not accurate. And so the most feared weapon on the battlefield was a bayonet. For the most part, especially in the beginning of the war, the only side that had bayonets were the British. And the common tactic that they used in this war by regular forces on both sides was to march the sides to confront one another, halting within no greater than 50 yards but, but more accurate at 30 yards. You know, so you're looking at a, at a group of people with, with muskets 30 yards away from you. That's really close. Mm-hmm. In the distance between these opposing ranks and firing volleys at the other side, the exchange of the volleys were followed by a bayonet charge. And since the American forces initially did not have bayonets or even the capability of mounting them on their muskets, they usually turned and had to run away from the British bayonet charge. And, and they had some pretty bad results from that. And, and the other individual re- uh, weapon that was used was called the rifle. And here the Americans had a greater number of these than did the British. The rifle was called that because it had ridges on the inside of the barrel instead of a smooth bore that would impart a spin on the projectile, which made, its act, made it a lot more accurate and deadly out to a range of 250 yards as opposed to under 50 yards. And the main drawback of the rifle was a slow rate of fire. A skilled rifleman could deliver approximately one shot per minute from the rifle, and a rifle did not have the capability to even mount a bayonet. And so the main campaign we'll cover in our 2020 program will be, the main campaigns we'll cover, I mean, not all of them, we will cover in the 2020 program, we'll start off with the Boston campaign, which includes the shot heard round the war, war, the world, which was started the war. And it begins with the Battle of Lexington and Concord, like we say. And most Americans today know of the battle, but they don't know much about the battle. Mm-hmm. So in this program, you will, they will learn 
of American heroes, like the writer who carried the critical message that the Redcoats were coming to Concord. And believe it or not, it was not Paul Revere. And we'll learn about the company commander who turned the tide at Concord and whose image is carried by the Minuteman statues at Lexington and Concord. We will also discuss the leaders Washington chose during Boston as his trusted leaders and who remained so throughout the war. And from Boston, we'll go to the first Southern campaign launched by the British into South and North Carolina and Georgia. We will learn about the different tactics and equipment the American patriots, or as they were called, the partisans, employed down there, and the leaders who became highly effective in fighting a different kind of war in the South. And after Washington then moves his forces from Boston campaign, he heads south to confront the overwhelming British and Hessian forces in the Loyalist territory of the New York City area. And this battle involves clashing the largest numbers of combatants of any battle in the entire war. Here, Washington finds himself without his most trusted subordinate leader. Who was that? We'll talk about that. Another unlikely hero emerges to save the American battle by performing a miraculous amphibious operation. And after the battles around New York, Washington leads his forces through a furious race to safety through New Jersey. Again, that same hero from the New York City campaign saves the American forces. Washington then saves the American army and the glorious cause by his remarkable conduct through an amazing 10 days. I know everybody will really enjoy that one. Oh, and then we yeah. talk about Go Saratoga. Ahead. Okay, and it's one of the most important campaigns and critical to the overall outcome of the war. Then we discover the attributes of three critical American leaders, one who is good, the other two perceptions are ultimately incorrect and calamitous as later, at later junctions. Then the Philadelphia campaign involves important battles whose final results dangle by a thread and determine which side controls the capital city of the colonies of America. At Valley Forge, there next to that city, the, tri, the tired and hungry troops face another foe who is invisible and deadly. A foreign hero discovered and sent by Benjamin Franklin helps to increase the combat prowess there in Valley Forge, and this proves critical to the war in the North. Ben Martin, this is, I'm so excited about this. We, I think what's going to probably happen is we'll have the show and then we will be doing a podcast to finish up because we have a lot, a lot more information uh, that we want to give in this particular uh, month. And so, Ben Martin, what we'll do is we'll schedule a podcast and we will get that on the website here very soon. We have just 30 seconds left. Ben Martin, thank you so much. I, I This just goes by way too quickly. <laughs> It re- it really does, Kim. Uh, but I, I just have to say what Washington said in July of, of 1776 before facing that great force in New York. The fate of unborn millions will now depend under God on the courage and conduct of this army. And I must remind everybody that some of those millions are us. And Most definitely. Most definitely, Ben Martin. So stay tuned. We will get our uh, podcast scheduled, and we'll have that on the website. And again, Ben Martin, thank you, and thank you to the Harris family for bringing us this show.
And uh, our quote for today, my friends, is from Dwight D. Eisenhower. And he said, without God, there could be no American form of government, nor an American way of life. Recognition of the supreme being is the first, the most basic expression of Americanism. Thus, the founding fathers of America saw it. And thus, with God's help, it will continue to be. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, remember, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. America.